This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm the guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. And welcome to the Doc and Guru podcast, uh, episode 151. Uh, can't believe it, it's been a week since we were 150. And welcome to all the listeners out there. The Doc is away in London. I would just like to uh, put an end to the scurrilous rumors that he's been sent there to take to take care of the Queen's Corgis. That's not the case at all. Um, but he does miss you all, and we're hoping to have him back pretty soon in the driving seat. But... I have today uh, a very special guest uh, that I've worked very, very closely with over the years. Uh, he um, has spent the first half hour of our session this morning coaching me on how to pronounce his name. So I'm going to have a go at it. Uh, Chapiwe Mulautsi. Uh, we all know as Chief. Thank goodness. We, I could just call him Chief from now on. And I, I, he's giving me like a three out of five rating for the, for the effort there. Managing Director of the MSG Group Sales uh, Chief, welcome to the show. No, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Gordon. And I think I haven't seen you this year. We haven't seen each other this year. We normally have had uh, since we, we worked very closely together back in uh, 2017, 2018. 2017. Um, yes. And we've had a kind of an a annual get-together, but we haven't had an annual get-together this year. That's correct. Yeah. So it's a privilege to be here and uh, I'm quite excited. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, thanks for making the time. And uh, let's talk a little bit about something which I, uh, listeners always find of interest, the, the journey. And yours is an unusual journey in the sense that you haven't done the kind of zigzag, you know, one job here, one job there. You're very much a man who enjoys, you know, working in the trench that you've been put and, uh, you know, not sort of peeping out over the top to find a different one. Tell us a bit about that journey and how it's got you to MSG. No, no, thank you so much. Yeah, um, I guess everybody has got a story to tell, you know, in their career journey, and mine is not different. So 
I think I have to go as far back as uh, 2000. I just realized that it's almost just over 20 years now, actually. Um, so just quick background. Um, you know, I, I, I spent a bit of time at the uh, University of Pretoria. That's where I did my honors and masters in research psychology. That was back then in early 2000, actually. And, um, you know, I met uh, the late Uamdan Van Fieren. I'm sure you remember. Uamdan, I think everybody, <laughs> uh, certainly of my age, all three of us that are left, uh, remember Uamdan. Yeah, yeah, so he, he actually is the man that played a huge role uh, in my career for me to be here, probably sitting with you, because that was my first taste of the media industry. So uh, he would normally take us to uh, SABC, I remember, because I was doing a MA in research psychology, you would actually go and do presentations and uh, get to meet people in the profession and all of that. Uh, that was 2000, 2001. And uh, I then finally find myself actually uh, full-time in the media industry as far back as 2002, 2003. I worked at SARF. Um, I worked with the, the, the late Wom Pete Smith. Wom Pete Smith. Yes. I was just making yes. a note. And that's, I think, where you and I first met yes. uh, would have been at that, that point. Yes. Now. So... I mean, I, I spent some few years at the uh, South African Audience Research Foundation, mm. uh, yeah, there by 54 Queens Road in, in Bryanston. Yeah. So I had the late Bit uh, Smith, I had Dr. Paul Hart mm. as, the, as the MD of SARF. Yes. And um, because of my background in data and research, that played a huge role. Um, and I was so fortunate because, I mean, I worked uh, for an institution that was more of a joint industry in, uh, institution in terms of media research for all media, basically, whether it's television, radio, uh, out of home, print. Mm. So I had the privilege of actually understanding media currency. Um, and uh, I started servicing, you know, clients because I would get a lot of queries from whether it's media owners, media agencies. I used to do training, actually. I used to do training with uh, uh, the late woman, Pete Smith, for, for, for the sector, whether it's uh, marketers, advertisers, or media mm -hmm. owners. They will actually send students, and we used to do trainings literally every week. I did that, and I... I got exposed to presenting to the industry whenever we release the latest uh, data, whether it's AMS, whether it's TEMS, whether mm -hmm. it's radio. So that gave me uh, one leg up, literally. It was only in 2007 when I joined SABC. In fact, I was recruited there um, in 2007 as a research manager to look after television and... Um, and I spent 12 years at SABC. So between 2007 and 2019, I had about, I held about four positions, whether in the yeah. middle management or most senior position. I mean, the late, the, the last role, of course, was the group executive uh, commercial yeah. enterprises. But when I look at how I landed into 
the media sales side of it is because of this understanding of data and how to commercialize audiences. So once you understand the commercial value of your audiences, because that's exactly what you're trying to to sell, whether it's to the advertiser or the marketer is interested in that audience. Yeah. It was very easy. Yeah, and I that's think how, that's how I actually landed in, 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 in this industry. And I think I, I, you've made so many interesting points there in connecting the dots. Let's pick up on some of those, those key things. I mean, the personalities you, you've spoken about. I think we were blessed yeah. uh, in this industry with, with some amazing research people. Uh, we also onto that list, you, you'd add in Dr. Wally Langschmidt. And yes. They, they, they were yes. The, the icons of the day when it came to research. So South Africa and those, as I think... Uh, really was at the forefront of research and the gateway to Africa in terms of research. I think there's been a shift in the dynamic and, and a lot of the, uh, the interesting research has been done outside of South Africa. But what intrigues me, and I never knew it, that you know your, your primary uh, field of study is research psychology. Yes. That fascinates me because, I mean, I have a degree in psychology as well, but I've never really thought of connecting the dots on those two things. It seems to me that the psychology of research is increasingly important because it it, it 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 encapsulates a qualitative kind of interpretation of data, not just the straight quantitative stuff. Or am I getting too excited about about the whole thing? It's it's actually and it's a very much focused program. So I know a lot of uh, institutions um, they have it as a full time program. In fact, just uh, last month, uh, my alma mater. Uh, University of Pretoria actually invited me to be on the panel to shortlist because they normally admit only eight students per year mm, on mm. the MA program. So they said, we'd like you to be part of the panel that shortlist eight students for 2023. So I was quite privileged with that. But they put you through this rigorous uh, program for 12 months, actually a two-year program. Yes. And uh, you, you have to love statistics. Yeah, <laughs> you have to love statistics. You have to, so, but it's a, it's it's absolute approach to social research, media research, yeah. and it's quite involved. So I was very fortunate from that point of view because that's where I got to meet uh, all these uh, names and ping, men that actually introduced me to 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 this world of, of of media research. And of course, Sarf gave me access to all of you. Hey, eh? yeah, he gave me access to all of you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, love statistics is, is an intriguing thought. Um, and I think for me, if I look at media, and, it's, it, and I'm pretty consistent with what I've said over the years, if you want to love statistics, you've got to, the starting point is the recognition that each one of those numbers represents a relationship, a relationship between a consumer and a product, between a consumer and a media platform. And the moment you realize that every single piece of data talks about some essential human uh, state, yeah then it becomes easy to love statistics. When you think statistics is just, you know, a sequence of, of connected or disconnected numbers, you can't love an inert number unless you're a statistician or a mathematician. Absolutely. So marketing statisticians recognize that it's paint by numbers. Absolutely. I mean, think about how fragmented the media is today. Okay, just think about it. Uh, I remember back then, we used to talk about the future of media. But today, I, I think traditional media is, is so fragmented uh, because of this 
digital wave and how mm. some, uh, consumers consume media. And you still have to have data to back your story, whether commercially or from a business point of view where you have to make uh, business decisions. You have to, you require the data. So that's been my privilege yeah. um, in, in, in so many ways. And uh, yeah, so, 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 so when you talk about, okay, how do I commercialize a radio station uh, of a specific target market? What does it mean from a pricing point of view? Because now you're running a business and you gotta run it in a profitable way. You gotta understand the currency. So I always say, um, currency is like the reserve bank, is the central bank really, mm. in the absence of- uh, Suggesting to the post-grade students that in this class, you're not entitled to your opinion. Yeah. You're only entitled to your informed opinion. Um, it sounds a bit brutal until you explain it. You said it earlier, data is currency. Um, if you cannot inform your opinion, how do you put a price yeah. to your opinion? I'm not interested in, in Chief's opinion. I'm interested in his opinion because he's had 20 years of frontline research experience. That's why I listen to you, not because you're you know, a nice guy um, you know, who's better dressed than me, I might say. I'm used, I'm used to looking at the doc and, and this, the level of fashion in the, uh, the studio has been heightened enormously. Doc, nothing personal, but uh, I'm going to have to work on your dress code when you get back. So let's bring it back. You talk about mainstream media yes. to MSG. Now, that in and of itself is a, a really fascinating story, the, uh, the initial founding of MSG. And, you know, how you go about uh, the marketing of, of those two big brands, Capricorn and Power FM, which are land, uh, landmarks in, in, in the radio industry. Yeah. You know, um, Power is nine, yeah, I know. And, and I can tell you, interestingly enough, I was involved in a counter pitch for that license uh, with uh, Stan the Man, now Stan the Manager, uh, Katz. Um, we put together, I think, a very, very strong uh, pitch uh, for that license and we didn't get it. But I at least had the consolation of recognizing once I read through your proposal, which yes. we were then allowed to do. Yes. It made sense. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, sometimes you lose to a side that's better. Uh, than you are, and that that was a fair shot for me. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the last nine years. Yeah. So so power is nine, um, and Capricorn is fifteen years old. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe it? Now that one, I, I'm more surprised to hear, quite frankly, and I, it goes to a point that uh, I did a lot of work with Greg Malock at yes. uh, Kai F, and we talked about the inconvenient truth, yeah. and and I think the inconvenient truth is sometimes you don't sell yourself properly. So uh, whether it's, you know, whatever, you, whatever brand you are, that you've got to sell yourself. And I think Capricorn didn't sell itself well um, for a good chunk of those years. Yeah. So, so, so I mean, let's start with, uh, with, with Capricorn FM. So the station is 15. Uh, it's 15 years old. It's got 520,000 listeners on a weekly basis. And... Um, Limpopo is an interesting market because the the latest uh, stats essay numbers they peg Limpopo as the fifth uh, largest province in terms of populace mm. after Gauteng, KZN, Eastern Cape, mm. Western Cape, and then Limpopo is mm. the fifth largest. Can you believe that there's only one commercial radio station there? No, it's, it's, it is crazy. And then, although, I mean, I, I think we both know, and you'll know better than me, that um, 
the, the, the lines between PBS and commercial have blurred to yes. a degree, but it doesn't make sense. And it speaks to a bigger problem, um, you know, which is this obsession that marketers have with national TV coverage. And I've just done an exercise, which, which some of these listeners uh, might be familiar with, with yes. MediaMark, which show that there's no such thing as universal national coverage on television. And provinces that come short are the Western Cape mm. and Limpopo. Yes. Very often the KZN uh, province is overweighted because there seems to be a kind of default button which says, if I've got a commercial in Zulu in a Zulu program, yes. I've got national coverage. And yeah. they forget yeah. that places like Limpopo, the Western Cape, it doesn't necessarily play out there. So there's an overweight very often in KZN and an underweight Limpopo, yeah. Western Cape, and sometimes in Pumalanga to, that, to, to a degree as well. Yeah. So we're the only commercial radio station. Of course, there's SABC, three radio stations, yeah, Tovela, yeah. Mangana, Lonene, Parapara FM. But uh, that's how we, we, we have managed to position ourselves as well. So I, I, I suppose from that point of view, there's a market also for us that is so unique because our content as a, a commercial radio station will largely be about Limpopo, mm -hmm. Limpopo lifestyle, uh, the target market that we basically serve, which is uh, basically LSM 5 to, to 8, that middle market, you know. And uh, Power power is an interesting story. I mean, Power has got 261,000 listeners on past seven days. And uh, you will have noticed that we are almost touching half a million in terms of Twitter following. That's the, I want to come to that point in a moment, but yeah, please continue. Yes. So, and um, the positioning of the station, of course, is... We say we exist to, to, to sponsor the, the nation's progress. Mm, mm. So that's our, that's our positioning. If you, if, you, if you listen to Power Story, we are saying that um, I think South Africa goes through so much. Just look at what we are going through since last week, Friday. Yes. It's energy crisis in terms of ESCOM and all of that. You'll be surprised that we don't do a lot of politics actually on that radio station. If anything, our listeners raise issues that are of concern uh, in their lives uh, to South Africa in general because we tend to attract, um, you know, the, the, the professionals um, mm. that are leaders in one way or the other and they want to find expression. All they want is to find expression so that they can contribute to building this country. So yeah. that's our positioning. And um, I think it's quite a unique position. And uh, I think to be a talk radio, talk radio, in the, especially today, it's, it's actually a privileged space because it is one medium which I believe birthed mm. social media. Mm. Um, think about it. Talk radio, it sort of says to you, you gotta be an active listener that is engaging with mm. content and issues. Just think about it. Whereas a music radio station, it's like a background, it's like a background sound. Mm. Whereas talk radio is conversations, thought leadership and all of that. So we, we, we believe that we're in a privileged space because you, you just look at all the issues that affect South Africa today. Uh, our listeners will find expression and they want to address those yeah. and to say how do we move this country forward so it's a yeah it's quite a privilege yeah yeah absolute privilege you're listening to the dark and the guru proudly brought to you by infinity media 
the the talk radio component is is intriguing um and you know it just occurs to me when when 702 we had uh Stan Katz on a, a couple of weeks back talking about the evolution of talk radio, which yeah. was 702, and a very different political climate where talk, there was no talk, there was no public talk. I mean, we even had redacted front pages of newspapers. There was heavy censorship. Yeah. So people were were looking to talk and, and engage. We, we've got past that. Maybe we've got spoiled now. I think the problem now, that I, I'm your problem to an extent, that People have the freedom to talk. I've got grumpy. I don't want to listen anymore. How do you balance <laughs> yeah. the freedom of speech yeah. with encouraging people to listen? I mean, maybe it's just because I'm, I'm, you know, kind of old and grumpy. But even young people are disinclined to listen. And we saw that in the Edelman Trust Barometer. Yeah. 59% of people say their, their default position is distrust around the world. 63% say that... This country, in inverted commas, whichever country you were being interviewed in, yeah. um, we d we're not capable of having a civil discussion. So how do you balance the need for talk yes. with the need to encourage me to listen because I might actually come out of it, the exchange better? Yeah, you know, sometimes I, I always say, I always say, um, talk radio has got its regular callers. Yeah. By the way, no, you, and you can spot uh, them, and it's Booty from yes. Balmoral or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I get it. Uh, sometimes they'll say they're like different names, but it's got its regular colors. Yeah. But I, I believe that the real listeners of talk radio don't actually call. Mm. They actually don't phone in. They don't call. They just want to listen. Yeah. If you do a correlation, and I don't think I've actually done that, I, I, I would like to challenge you to say, is there a way in which we can do a correlation between talk radio and active engagement on social media of that particular radio station? I suspect, I suspect the engagements will be very high because uh, talk radio allows for people to express and they, they will use a platform such as Twitter, which is very much real time. Yes. So as things happen, you want to be part of those conversations. So, yeah, but for South Africa in particular and our listeners, I think um, uh, the, the, the audience that we serve has not had the opportunity to find a platform to express. Yes. So we are quite new, we are fairly new, and uh, I believe the audience that we serve will continue to grow with us. Often our listeners will tell us that, look, uh, power is the woolies of radio. That, yeah. That's how they put it, by yeah. the way. Uh, power is not a radio station. It's actually an academic institution. That's how they describe it. It's amazing. Okay. So, and um, you, you'll find this loyal listenership that continues to permeate. It comes through consistently. So I believe that we serve a very special audience, unique mm -hmm. audience that wants to see South Africa move forward. And they are not... Um, I don't think they are tired or anything. They want to actively engage and participate on issues that affect uh, whether themselves in their immediate situations or South Africa in general. Yeah. So let, let's come back to that, that figure, uh, the weekly figure, 261,000 yeah, uh, and, you know, and a 450-odd thousand on Twitter. So there's a big gap there. Yes. Same sort of pattern uh, for Capricorn. So. Your, your point, I think, is well made, that, and I see it with other, other radio stations as well, that there's a 
there's a listening base, but there's a higher level of engagement on social media platforms, particularly Twitter. That there doesn't seem to be the same appeal on yeah. on Facebook or Instagram. Maybe because, and that probably makes sense because that's visual. Yes. Um, so if I'm listening, I'm not going to go visual, but I, I want to talk. So how do you balance out the the commercial? The holistic commercial value of that exchange. I can listen to you. You can advertise to the listener, and you can engage with me on 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 the social media platform. It's it's actually interesting, and I gotta say this. Um, I have learned so much. Uh, in uh, it's almost three years now at uh, MSG. By yeah. the way, I I joined uh, in 2020, so just now end of 2022 in December, I will have done my three years. Because it's compared to where I come from. I mean, SABC, you're talking 19 radio stations for television channels. Imagine the size of that. It's just big volume. Yeah. Yeah. So you, because of uh, the the fact that it's an institution that has been there for years and years, and here you move to a Mm. relatively young organization, you then then realize that, you know what, there are so many opportunities to learn new things yes. actually and that's what i've learned that there's not a single campaign that i would run or do which does not integrate this other audience that comes through platforms such as twitter and so on and so on it's actually amazing and every time in 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 the packaging of it uh if you exclude it uh, most of my my clients will say, you know what, we we would like to to find expression there. So, I, I I we are quite deliberate even in how we package ourselves. We are not just a a a a, a terrestrial frequency medium. We are a platform that delivers these audiences through different touch points. Yeah, yeah. It's coming back to the listeners, and and uh, you use the phrase, you know. Um, concerning yourself with the nation's progress or driving the nation's progress Um, and linking back to the thought of the Edelman Trust Barometer where it's now emerging that trust is probably the key differentiator between audiences. You can have a big audience that nobody trusts, you know, where where nobody trusts the platform or a smaller audience where there's a trust and I showed it yeah. in my presentation with Media Mark that where there's trust, the levels of engagement, the very thing you posed yeah. as a as a as a theory earlier on are there. In fact, if it's a trusted platform on radio in South Africa, you get twice the level of engagement. Wow. Uh, and that we ex- I've extracted that from the Nielsen Trust yeah. uh, in advertising report. It's it's very real. It's not yes. it's gone beyond theory. So we're going now into a critical phase of elections. How do you balance trust with uh, that point I referred to earlier, that even a commercial station carries the burden of PBS to yes, a degree. Right. How, how, do you, how, do you, how are you going to play out the next 12 months or however long it is to elections? Might yeah. be longer. I've lost so, track of time. So I think um, so any media or medium which is regulated in some shape or form, certainly radio, because remember we get our license from ICASA, the regulatory. And there are all these other institutions that hold us accountable, the BCCSA uh, in particular. It means that we have to uh, adhere to certain standards. Mm. And I think that's been 
the, the, the true benefit, advantage of a radio certainly. Because you can't just put out information which you have not verified. Right. I think that's a very important point. Yeah. Because you know that if you just tweet something that y you are you are not running on air, mm. it'll it'll get you in trouble. So there's cross verification. You get a sense that your listeners are are, are yeah. cross checking you. Yeah, uh, cert certainly. And we, I, I don't think there's a single radio station that can put out a tweet. Yeah, that has not been verified. Okay, I think that's a key differentiator. That's why we remain a trusted media in in so many ways because yeah. the the information that you put out it means it's been verified if it's a story you can't just tweet or put out a story mm. that has not mm. been verified mm. because you yeah. know that you're held accountable by by the regulator yeah. i think that puts us in a better place yeah. that's why we will re yeah. forever remain uh, remain a trusted medium in yeah. a, a medium in so many ways look i think it's refreshing to hear from a management perspective that you buy into that there are plenty of examples of media in this country, not necessarily broadcast, yes. who are governed by those regulations, <laughs> yes. but management has chosen to completely and utterly ignore them. So yeah. I think it's great to, to, to hear a management in touch with that because yeah. there's an end benefit. Uh, it's not all about compliance. Yeah. It's actually in the best interest yeah. of your reader, yes. not picking on anybody in the reading space, <laughs> particularly your listener or your viewer. Yeah. Yes. But your journey, you know, has been an interesting one. And just before we wrap up, um, you know, I'm, I'm just so impressed with, you know, the, the long slog up, you know, through the SABC. It was a long haul. Yes. You climbed up at a 45-degree angle yeah. Yeah. and you kept climbing till you got to the top. Uh, you, you're in a new position. You're climbing up again. And what, what sort of words of encouragement would you, you have for younger people coming into media and advice for that matter? on building a career, does it have to be a case of every time you want to go up another notch on your 45 degree path, you have to change companies? How do you go about building your career where you are? Yeah, and, and it, I mean, mine is interesting because um, as I said earlier, I remember in the early 2000s, it was so easy to mm. move around, mm. uh, the so-called job hopping. You know, you could move easily, especially in our mm. industry where you could be, uh, you know, appointed as an insights manager of some media company mm. and all of that. But I decided to stick around because I, at that stage I felt I needed to hone in the skills to understand the sector, particularly from a data point of view, because that's been the one differentiator for me. So, so the fact that I, I could understand the currency better, I mean, um, it, it gave me that one advantage. By the time you come and you start to talk commercial language, it's easy because you understand how to price this uh, this product that you, you're responsible for. Yeah. Um, how to price it correctly, how to package it, how to sell so that it gives you the a good number at the top. So I think uh, my advice to the young ones, and uh, I think we are doing an injustice, uh, Gordon, I'm not sure how much of uh, uh, investment we are putting just in terms of developing the young talent. Um, uh, you know, our, our, our sector uh, surely does contribute significantly to the South African GDP. And uh, uh, you and I, for example, 
uh, especially yourselves you're not gonna be here forever but I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this because this is one way of uh, disseminate, disseminating uh, information knowledge and just to to ensure that uh, the young ones continue to learn and so on and so on so you gotta know what you want that's that for, for mm. me that's the first thing so I knew that my quickest way to understand the sector was understanding all media through data yeah I, I could I, I just knew that uh, if you were to take me to print today I will not struggle mm. if you were to take me to television I mean I ran television and uh, I'm also proud to say that uh, when we're still at SABC I think the team that I had we were the best performing team in terms of uh, commercial performance for mm -hmm. that institution and uh, I, I argue that uh, probably we left it at the top uh, but for me uh, data uh, and of course passion and I need I didn't need to move around because there's no point of moving around if you're not honing one single skill mm -hmm. what's the point yeah. of you just moving around try to get a better salary when in fact in truth you, you, you if you were to be asked to do one single thing you can yeah. you can do it so you I needed to specialize on something and I can tell you that uh, uh, understanding the media currency was the one thing that got me so far yeah i think that 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 really is a powerful insight that, that you know maximize your knowledge within your field of skill and, and and interest that that's really critical sometimes we are so obsessed with uh thinking outside the box you know we've had this discussion the doc and i many times that people forget very often you know 90 percent of boxes are there for a good reason yes okay people yes. you're not the first person in the world who's, who's figured out a problem yeah. so be the best in the box is a legitimate uh way to play you know to play your hand the box the box will adjust its own parameters yeah. you know it's 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 arrogant i think to believe that you can always think outside the box it implies that the box is always static which yeah. is which is really an insult to your colleagues the box is growing and expanding as every intelligent person contributes to the box so build your knowledge in the box and and build um build from there uh, just coming back to the point of training i had an interesting conversation last week with with hayden townsend and we were talking somebody at a at a, at a, a mags on media breakfast which uh, was really good to see jeremy mags by the mm -hmm. way uh, all you listeners out there yeah. mags on media hopefully we're going to be seeing more of those breakfasts coming forward uh, we discussed some some interesting topics uh, but the point was made by somebody that there are wonderful skills in the interest and i in chatting to Hayden took a slightly different point of view and I lapsed back to something I remember from my very poor knowledge of science in my matric year um, but what I did recall is that things have energy energy is neither created nor destroyed so this coffee cup here on the table that I'm demonstrating with has what we call latent energy now if I introduce a variable i.e. my hand and I knock it onto the floor it has kinetic energy yes. Till it hits the floor and then I think is it E equals MC squared energy times the you know the speed at which it plummets yes. gives you the force okay yes. so at the end of the day I don't think we've got skills in this industry I think we've got latent skills we've got potential energy and if we don't introduce the variable to start the process yeah. of kinetic and then force it's just going to sit there we've got wonderfully talented young people we've got bright people yeah. i don't i wouldn't even attempt 
to get into a discussion on that. In fact, I've said it before and I'll say it again now, many of them smarter than I was at the same stage of my development. But if you don't put the variable in place, which is training and, yeah. and, and skills transfer, yeah. then that energy will just remain latent. That's absolutely. my concern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I, 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 I just, we have to continue believing and investing in young people. Uh, certainly in, at, at MSG, where I get opportunities, I, I try to recruit young people and I try to get them, you know, raw, like literally mm -hmm. where you can just see the potential and you got to try to be patient and try to get these people to the level where you believe yeah. that uh, they will learn. And, 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 and But I think the magic wonder for me is you got to have to hone in at least one or two skills. You can't just be a generalist. No, and no, those days are gone. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, the days of, of being a, a generalist and that's gone. There's just too, from in, too much information, too many dynamics. Yeah. Can't be done anymore. But, you know, you mentioned earlier the, the old days back at SOF where every time a database was launched, it was accompanied by training. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that uh, in middle, early uh, October, the BRC and the PRC will be launching uh, this another iteration of the Fusion Study, which is a massive database which will pull together television and radio audience and reading audience and mm. branded consumption, wow. uh, including digital consumer behavior, into one massive wow. database with Fusion. Um, and I've been tasked to, to take that out to the industry yes. um, to explain how to extract the best value from that database. Wow. So I'll be available for doing that. So watch the press from the BRC to our listeners and the PRC wow. and Nielsen. Um, and I will be available um, at no charge to come through to agencies, to clients, Thank to you. show you how to extract the value, how to get the best out of it. And that program will run through until February of next year. So um, please avail yourself of that. Uh, and I'm going to throw myself into that project. Wow. The sooner we get on top of that data, and that's... I know there's other data out there, but we've got to differentiate between free data, which yes. is available to the industry, yes. versus data which is paid for. Yes. And not knocking the paid for data, but there's a difference between paid for data and, and access to free quality data. So watch out for the launch of the Fusion Study. Chief, thank you for coming and I've really enjoyed it. And it's good to see you uh, smiling and relaxed uh, and uh, and, and looking so positive about life, it, it, you know, we don't get to see enough of our colleagues anymore and yeah. Zooming doesn't do it for me. So uh, thanks for the time and a, and a closing word for the listeners. No, thank you. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege to have spent uh, this 30 minutes with you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to, to further engagements and uh, congratulations on this fusion study. And let's keep on pushing and making sure that uh, we advance our, our industry. We have to Fantastic. continue growing. Thank you so much. And uh, that's it. That's all we got for today. I'm looking forward to having the doc back from his London sojourn. And I, I'm quite keen uh, to hear from him what it's been like there in, in London during the Queen's uh, kind of ceremonial departure. And uh, to all you listeners out there, ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook, like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views uh, and certainly will respond. And hopefully we can bring that into the show. Thanks, Doc. And it's uh, Gordon Miller, the Guru, signing off. Thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today. 
you can pick up the discussion with me on my Twitter handle, at Mzanzi Media. And I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show. And take us at our word. This is really going to be an open forum. There are no subjects that are taboo. And we'd love to have some of the younger, more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.